So I had quite the dream last night. Oh, do tell. So I left you for Christian Bale. What? He's not even on your your pass list. No, he's not on my pass I, list. This is like completely out of left field. Christian I know. Bale. I know. Well, he was he was he was Batman. He may have been the best Batman too. True, true. But so you know how you can never remember everything about a dream. Mm. Here are the here are the two things I do remember. The first was that I went to go kiss him. No, no offense, I hope oh, you're okay with that. I'm, I'm offended. So <laughs> I'm, I'm I mean. I went to go kiss him, but evidently I had been working out in the garden and I was too sweaty and dirty for him. <laughs> to which I told him he had better get used to it because uh, that's just uh, who I was. That's for sure. And then the really bizarre thing was that I went back into his house and it was a basement room of some weird nice situation. house I imagine right no it was no it was really weird huh. and uh he had built a water feature a little pond in it okay and so in, he, the, in the basement in the basement okay so he was standing in the pond and he was showing me the, the waterfalls and how proud he was but he kept saying that he was disappointed because he couldn't figure out how to hide the piping rookie <laughs> well after he said that, I started crying and I turned around and I ran out the door <laughs> to try to go find you to see if you would take me back. What are you guys doing? The Landscapes and Pancakes Podcast. Wow. There are a bajillion aspects to the green industry. All right. I just want this podcast to be real. <laughs> Interesting. It's not as fun. What? But I think people go through this. I know. None of it makes sense. Seriously. We are the ones designing and we are the ones building. We respect each other. Respect. How are, uh, how are excavation negotiations going? Um, I'm not sure yet. I we'll see you, see. Uh, you're feverishly typing on your phone over there. Yeah, I'm just trying to get the best price I can you, get. You whittle them down? I don't know yet. All right. Well, you keep going. You keep going. We I need, will. We need that thing like ASAP. You know I'm a um, tiger. Yeah, you definitely are. She is the, she is the last line that people have to deal with <laughs> when it comes to anything. I'm the that last we buy. line of defense to our bank account. That's true. That's true. You are the, um, including the, to you, you're the enforcer. That's right. Which is, which is a good thing, let me tell you. Um, I still can't get over this Christian Bale thing, i got to be honest with you. I've never even heard you talk about the man. Well, it was a surprise to me, too. Well, I've thought about it, and um, I take back what I said. Michael Keaton was a far better Batman than Christian Bale, so whatever. Well, and Christian Bale evidently can't build water features, so really you have nothing to worry about. No. Okay. Well, I'd like to welcome everyone officially to the Landscapes and Pancakes podcast. This is our first official podcast. I am super excited that I convinced Samantha to do this. How I convinced her to do this, venturing to spring, what she calls silly season, I have no idea. No, I'm still trying to figure that one out. But thank you for that. I begged and I pleaded many, many a morning. Oh, he came to me with really sad eyes, Mm -hmm. really sad eyes. Mm -hmm. But I'll tell you what, I think the reason I finally agreed to it is because we have been on such a mission as of late to what I keep saying to elevate the industry. Yeah. I think we've experienced, and I'm sure all of you out there, if you're actually in the industry, have experienced the fact that we're not always taken as seriously as we should be, and we're not always incorporated into builds as soon as we should be, Hmm. and our opinions are not always listened to the way that they should be. And I think that's because there's a certain respect that might be lacking for our industry and we really want to put ourselves out there with all of you folks as people who are experienced know what we're talking about know how to build and have um, a real say in how our landscapes 
and really how our land mm-hmm. is managed and built. Yeah. And you really touched on a point how we're not listened to a lot of times early on in the process, right? With builders and homeowners and things happen and then we have to come in and fix them. And ultimately that ends up costing our customers more money. But I also think the advent of social media has been great. It's really helped our industry be more visible out there. But it's also there's this overlying um, theme that I'm seeing where everything looks pretty simple, right? Like a lot of people have the magic formula. They figured it out. They reached the pinnacle. Everything's great. And what I want this podcast to be is real and authentic, just like we're talking to each other right now like we normally would. I want people to get the ins and outs of what it takes to run this business. So it's not just going to be the successes. It's going to be the failures. It's going to be the setbacks. It's going to be the hiccups. I really want it to be everything And that's really why I got into this. I want it to be authentic. And I know we're going to learn from a lot of industry professionals. We're going to have some amazing guests in. And uh, we were talking about this earlier, Samantha. You had said that not necessarily just people in the landscape, but you want to talk to other business owners as well. Oh, absolutely. I think, um, you know, anybody who runs a business, it doesn't matter what your business is. We all have the same issues. And it really doesn't even matter the size of your business. I mean, we all go through the same things. Yeah. How do you find employees? How do you retain employees? Where mm-hmm. do you spend your marketing dollars? Um, how do you still do what you love without letting the business side right. take over? Not lose that passion, right? That and that's fire. Hard. Yep. That is talking. Not, and not, not, not to let the business just take over your persona. Yeah. So this is exciting. We, we definitely hope to, to drop some knowledge, to get some knowledge from all you folks and just make this a real community experience. But I'll say this, we probably can't have any kind of community experience if we don't actually say who we are and what we do. Well, that is a very good point. Like <laughs> who the hell are we and what do we do? Right. So why don't you tell the people who you are? Well, sure. So my name is Samantha Best, and I am the co-owner of Magma Design Group. And basically, I am responsible, again, like many small business owners, I am responsible for many different aspects of the business. So I do uh, most of the designing. I meet all the clients. I do all the sales. And I run the office and kind of run the business side of things. But really, my passion, my absolute passion in this industry is for the plants. I'm an absolute plant addict. So there's no place I'd rather be than at the nursery picking out plants or in a garden taking care of plants or doing our installations. Um, Which you're not supposed to do anymore because you have too many other things to do. And I do it all with my strapping young husband. (laughs) Wow. And I said young, which is kind of funny. It is. I'm definitely not young. I'm in fact (laughs) middle-aged. And who are you? I'm Neil Best. I am a registered landscape architect. I'm our stonemason. And for our business, I'm really the point person in the field. So I'm out there most days guiding the excavation, the drainage work, the base prep, the wall building, the patios, the grading, you name it. From beginning to end, I'm out there building it. I'm running the machinery. I'm driving trucks, leading the crew, and just getting it done. Right. And what I like to say is that I do the design work, but Neil actually makes it buildable. That's Mm. kind of an inside joke there. That is nice. That is a (laughs) nice perk you have. It is a nice perk. For sure. So we've been doing this for, oh my God, it's actually been 15 years. Hallelujah. We're coming up on 15 years. It's a good chunk of time. Now, does it feel like it's gone by quick? Because I think about some of those first projects and 
It, it feels like it was 30 years ago. That's an interesting question. I don't think we've ever talked about it. Does it feel like it's gone by quick? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel like we've earned every single project yeah. and every single dollar and every single piece of equipment over a long period of time. Yeah, it's interesting because the seasons tend to fly by. Right. I think it's mostly because, you know, the summer's here and it's gone. But for whatever reason, when I think about 15 years ago, there are projects we've built. I mean, I know we've built them, but I don't really remember much of the process at all. Yeah, no, it, it, it feels like it's been 15 years. Yeah. Um, because let's face it, it's not always fun. And given that we're husband and wife, there's a certain dynamic there that is interesting. I mean, it can be tough. It's not we fight, we laugh. We, we, we argue. Compromise. We fight, yeah. well, we, we, we fight. We've had some battles. Neil and I, you know, we're both, we both have very strong personalities and it's taken us a while and, and we continue to evolve and figure out how to work together as both partners and husband and wife. But I will say, I think, because we get this question a lot, how can you possibly work with <laughs> your the, husband? All the time. Um, and it's not easy. It's definitely not easy for, for either of us for a variety of reasons. But I do think what makes it work is that we respect each other. And in any partnership, and especially any business partnership, you have to respect the other person. And I know that my strengths are Neil's weaknesses and his strengths are my weaknesses. And I think we've both accepted that a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. One thing that comes to mind when you talk about that is, your ability to conceptualize things is amazing to me. Mm. You can really envision a space and get loosely everything on paper quickly where I really struggle over that. But I'm kind of like more... So Neil, Neil <laughs> will design a space before he's even met the client. Yep. So if I come home at the end of the day and you know I tell him I met this client and this is what they need and this is sort of what their site's like, he'll start throwing it out ideas of, oh, we could do this, we could do this, we could do this. Right down to the materials. I, like, I got it nailed. I and I look at him like he's got 10 heads because he hasn't even seen the site or talked to the client. That is, so it's a horrible designer mentality. And I have it, and it's just because of whatever, I'd have like these things in my head and these visions. I'm always sketching in my sketchbook, so I just get these things that I want to start implementing. So Samantha is, thank God, the opposite of that. So when well, you're good at that conceptual stuff, I think I'm really good at coming in and kind of finessing, making it work. And coming oh, up absolutely. With some details, yeah, absolutely. Because once I have the big idea out there, once I've kind of sold the client, once I've got the planting plan done, because you know that's really my passion is uh, dealing with the plants. So once I've got all that done, <laughs> I'm pretty much done with it. Yeah, <laughs> and so I don't really want over it. I don't really want to think about anything else. I just kind of need to move on to the next thing and. Um, Again, thankfully for me, Neil is amazing with the details. I mean, I couldn't do that. I don't have the patience for it. I think that's one of the reasons that makes your stone work so great too is because you have this certain uh, level of skills where your patience really comes through in the detail work. And so that's what makes it work for us. Yeah, man, the details are, there's something you commit to. Like we'll commit to the details of a wall early on in the process and you just have to see them through. Why I have the patience for it, I couldn't tell you because I have very little patience for anything else in life. Um, but I've, I've always had it because I, I see the finished product before I start it and I want to make sure it gets to that level. So, um, it's interesting. And I think one thing that we've gotten better about between the two of us, husband and wife is accountability. That's been a real struggle for me admitting when I'm wrong. Um, see, you say that, but I, I don't uh, think you've, I don't think you've, I think I've had a harder time 
admitting when I'm wrong because I never want to disappoint you. And so I don't want to disappoint you as my business partner. And then I don't want to disappoint you as my husband. So I know that I've had a tendency to walk around things when I realize I've done something wrong, trying to almost talk you into the fact that I haven't done something wrong. <laughs> Which is not good for my personality. No, I, that just I just want to get like straight to the point. I'd rather get to, if I make a mistake, I'm usually like, especially on a build, I'm like, I screwed this up. We got to do this over or you know, I didn't order this, my bad, let's figure it out. I usually beat myself up more than anything else. Um, where, yeah, you definitely tend to go I'm off meander. the I meander. I know, so I am I'm learning. Like, just give it to me. Come on, just give it to me. Let's get through this. I think I'm learning more about accountability than, than you are, frankly. Yeah, but these are all the wonderful things you learn about yourself from owning a business. It's true. And I can see this podcast is going to turn into quite the marriage therapy well, session. You know what? <laughs> that could be a whole different audience. I mean, we're just going to be pooling all these right. communities together. But I think people go through this. Now that we have a successful marriage couples therapy session out mm. of the way. And we're feeling good. And we're feeling good. We are on the same page. It seems like a great time to transition to talking about our latest job because that's one of the things we want to do, right? Yeah, I, I, I really want this podcast to feel like a continuation. So you'll get a feel for where we're at that week, what our goals are for the next two weeks and check in in two weeks and see if we've met those goals because chances are something will have gotten in the way. We'll be ahead on something and behind another thing. So um, I like that idea. I like right. that idea. And the goal is that we're dropping knowledge the whole time too. So hopefully, yeah. you know, we'll be discussing techniques. We'll be talking about products that we're using. We'll be talking about things that we've learned. And hopefully that gives you guys some insight into um, experiences that we're having that you can take onto your own projects. That'll help you along too. So what is going on in our latest project, Neil Best? Japachit. Well, we are... In the depth of, I guess, what is supposed to be winter right now, it's pretty mild out. Um, so we've gotten a lot done over the course of this winter, which has been great because the more we get done now, the better off I think we'll be in the spring. But um, we currently just backfilled some electrical trenches um, that are running power to an outdoor bar, which is by the pool for them. All right. And did the electrician leave the hole open for you for the water line? No, he didn't. Are you the, kidding? No, he didn't. So the electrician on this job, we inherited. He came with the build, which is um, something Samantha loves. Maybe we'll touch on that in another podcast, this new construction. Oh, um, my God. So, Never. No more. Uh, Not no, again. He, yeah. He, he drilled all the holes for everything we needed for electricity, AV, and our water line. And then he proceeded to fill said holes with only his conduit. So when I got there, you know, obviously I'm like, what the hell? So I called him and he realized right away it was a no crap moment. Um, so he'll come back to drill that. But in the meantime, I stubbed up the water line out there. It's pecked, so it's flexible. So I'll be able to get it through. Um, but we, we backfilled all those. So the bar now has AV and electric conduit to it. The pergola has AV and electrical because there'll be some, well, I say it's a pergola, but it's a roof structure. More full, like a pavilion. Yeah, more like a pavilion that's going to have lights a fan and AV, so we're all powered up in there, and then everything running over to the pool pad for the pool utilities is good to go. So that's backfilled. All right, so in about two weeks then, we're going to finish off our boulder tiers, the last of our boulder uh, retainers. Mm -hmm. and in between then, those walls we built, yep. Right, and then we're going to finish the French drain in the back yes. of the house. Yeah, so this, this house, um, it's sort of a log cabin. 
and it has this really great metal roof on it, but the the rain comes off of this metal roof like nothing I've ever seen. It shoots out maybe oh, five feet in some spots. At the valleys, it's insane. Right, right. Seven feet even. It's oh wild. Gosh. So we ended up putting crushed stone all around the house with a nice decorative um, aluminum edging. We're going to add some boulders inside of it and then plant up against this French drain system so that we can make it decorative all the while it's being used as um, a drainage system. So we have that daylighting to a low spot in the woods, which worked out really well because we have yeah. the elevation to pull it off. Yeah, definitely had the elevation there, which has just been amazing from a drainage standpoint, for sure. Right. So we get the boulders in, we finish our French drain, and really then we're on to prepping all the patios. Yes. Um, for the pools, the yes. hot tub, the walkway. Yes. Um, get the landscaping done, and we'll be able to call it a wrap. So that's exciting. Yeah, but it's still it's a lot of work. It's a big, it's a big project. I know. This is a big undertaking. Um, and speaking of the uh, French drain system, I'll go ahead and get that up on the Instagram, right, so the people can see phase one. Did you say the Instagram? The did I? You did. You said oh my God. Instagram. The my face. <laughs> um, but yeah, go check out that video and, and comment on it because Samantha um, is going to make her head pop off. Well, it's just, you know, it's it's a well done video on drainage, but Thank it's just much. about drainage people. And this thing has like 100,000 views. I, I do not understand. And it's growing. Instagram. It's growing. Oh my God. She's just so... Back. The thing about the videos is this, right? You'll see there's two caliber of videos. So the really well excavated, uh, excavated, geez, the well executed videos on our page are done by Samantha. Super talented, super awesome. The dumbed down videos are done with my measly little phone by me. And this is just getting the love and she just can't take it. <laughs> so I don't get it. It's that mystifying the Instagram, right, tell you. The Instagram. No, the, who, who hell knows what's going on with that thing? Well, I think it's about time we got Justin in here. So Justin from Landscape Depot and Stone Sorcerer on Instagram is going to talk with us today. And we are going to talk all things stone and reclaimed stone mm-hmm. and whatever other fun things we can get out of him. So yeah, that's my DM brother this. too. Oh my God. You guys are BFFs on Instagram. Oh yeah. Grateful Dead lyrics back and forth. Samantha looks at our looks at the feed like what the hell's going on? Oh, it's sweet. You guys are cute. We're cute. Oh wow. Cute. Look at that. All right, let's do this. Bye. Let's get him in here. First podcast. First guest. There's a tremendous amount of pressure on you, my friend, to deliver. Do you feel the pressure? Are you feeling good? I am in comfortable surroundings with great people and uh Let's experiment and do this. Have Let's some do fun. This. Let's do this, right? Yeah. We're all it's guinea pigs. To be here. Good. We are all guinea pigs today. Well, the first time I met you was very vivid in my mind because we were working on a project in Boston, and we had been corresponding with you quite a bit. I think Samantha and you had met. We were purchasing stone. You were taking care of us. Great customer service, but we never actually physically met. We're on this build. The traffic in and out of there was horrible. It's on Boylston Street. We had um, parking permits to be able to, to get our trucks in and out of there all by hand. One of those alleyways, you know, you can't get a machine in. And the last stone that we were installing, the piece of granite that we bought from you guys, what do you think happened? Broke. It broke. Of course. So I called you distraught to say, please tell me you have more of this stone. What was it? Do you remember? It was a type of granite. I, um, something, I don't know exactly what it was. It was definitely granite because it was a two foot wide tread that we oh. were cutting on angles. Right. 
Yeah. Probably Stansted, right, or something. Was it common Stansted? I'm trying to remember. It wasn't a common for sure. Yeah. I think it was the size that was. Yeah, the it was issue. the size and the the time or whatever was happening at that moment. It was late in the season, and um, <laughs> sorry, who's the amateur that has their phone <laughs> on? <laughs> Where's the dunce cap? Hey, rookies, <laughs> hey. <laughs> <laughs> hey, get this out of the way. It's all good. Hey, this is a real podcast. That's all right. 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 There's real people no, talking. No unfiltered. editing whatsoever. Real <laughs> cell phones. There we go. That's not getting edited out. I thought I set, shut that down. Here I am. <laughs> that stays behind my ch- under my chair, thinking it's it's covered. And uh, well, that'll loosen you up. That that go. that stays in. That stays in. No editing. <laughs> um, so I called you up, distraught, praying that you had more of the stone, and you said, "Yeah, I have it. I'm gonna. I'll bring it to you. I'll bring it to you right now." And I was blown away by that because I didn't know that that level of customer service in this industry existed. So sure enough, like a knight in shining armor with that piece of granite, you showed up on <laughs> Boylston Street in Boston and hand-delivered me the piece of granite. And that's how we met. You know, Neil, I wish I could say I remember that. See? <laughs> but what does that say about me? Of you, <laughs> I, I, just, I just have man. to tell you that Neil was up all night thinking, this is how I'm going to start the podcast with Jackson. <laughs> I got it. Yep. Well, and I was supposed to be like, oh, yeah, no, I remember that, which I really don't. My first memory of you, though, and was coming up to Cavicchio yeah. all the time with the trailer, mm-hmm. hand-picking Fieldstone oh, yeah. to build these the beautiful walls and structures that you guys build. And um, But back to your point about service, that's what we do because a lot of times I like to just put myself in the contractor's shoes mm-hmm. because here you are. I, pull, I, I pulled into Boylston Street, the Brownstones, and there's dumpsters. There's no parking. You got to double mm-hmm. park and run out and bring the stone, complete the job, so you can move on and tie it up and go. Um, so I like to, I like to put myself on that level, and that, I appreciate you bringing that up. Yeah, it's just that's the way we like to do business. It separates us from from others. It sure does, and, and fosters genuine, real relationships. Yeah, that last. I mean that that that's a huge memory that I'll never forget. And that creates loyalty. Yeah, you know exactly. It's, it's well, it does, and that's why we've followed you throughout your career path. Because the people that have given us that level of service and respect, frankly, I think, are the people that we follow and we call in, call on all the time. So that's huge for us. Well, that's it's that's what it's all about. It's not. I don't like the word salesperson or sale. I don't feel like that's what I do. Right. Um, it's more on a human, natural level where. We're all collaborating to help each other achieve goals, design, and just get to the end and move on to the next one. But yeah. having, and keep the relationship going. I mean, these relationships are the best part of the business. But yeah. having said that, yeah. what do you do? Right, so <laughs> what gives you the flexibility <laughs> in your Landscape job? Landscape Depot, oh, yeah, because oh, it, like, it looks like you're having an awful lot of fun every day. <laughs> and totally. so we keep trying to figure out, well, is Justin actually working? Like, what do you do yeah. at Landscape Depot? <laughs> How can you just pick up in the middle of the day and drive to Boston with a piece of stone? That's there's, what I want to know. There's a big joke running around because, uh, you know, I'm a, I am love music. I, I You know, some people like it, some people don't. But uh, music is just the heartbeat of the day for me. And it just, I love it. So, I you know, I'm playing the music on the Instagram and they, they, people think I, ra- I drive around all day blasting music. And somehow these jobs and <laughs> things just come to me. And it's I, like a big party. Then I retire to a hammock around noontime and just hang out. And then I go fishing, which is not the case. It's very busy. And I tried it. My wife, I try to explain this to common friends who are out of function and things. She's like, you got to keep it simple. Because you elaborate and go on and on. And they don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> so I just say I sell rocks. 
and keep it simple. But my day-to-day is, is somewhat structured to say where I'll go in the office early, bang out my quotes and bids, and get those turned out, run around with site visits, stone searching, um, and then I'm back in there towards the end of the day revisiting quotes, anything that's come in, and just try to keep those going to keep folks like you moving on projects so it's not sitting on the desk, fostering, and because um, you need to get these numbers out to your customers right. to keep things moving, and I realize that. So in a nutshell, that's what I do. I'm on the road. Every day is different. Every day is different. Yeah, that day must fly by. It flies by. I love it, and um, it's really not like work. It's really just servicing everybody and uh, keeping things fresh. Uh, the stone sourcing is uh, something that's constant mm. and something you may see two years ago may finally surface two years later. Interesting. And that's really your specialty, right? I would say is sourcing this unique material. That's what I enjoy the most. Okay. Um, that's the passion, yeah. Because it, it's, it's funny because when I started at Cavicchio's maybe 12 years ago, it was, you go through stages. It's like graduating. You start with pavers and you're like, wow. Mm-hmm. pavers i mm-hmm. just got this four thousand square foot job and you know those are nice but it wears off and then you get on a natural stone and fabrications you learn that aspect and then as you move on from that you kind of look something else to challenge yourself that's a little more unique and uh which brings me to the reclaimed stuff plus i love saving the stuff from the crusher and going to the landfills because the history of it and what went into quarrying that material so many years ago yeah. can't even fathom. Life back then was difficult. We have so many luxuries now with, you know, running water, heat, tools. Back then, you're talking oxen, right. cables, rope, pulleys. Uh, it's amazing. It's amazing. Every time I go to the Rockport Quarry and talk with those guys, you just see how things used to run up there. Mm. And um, Do you think that salvage material is getting harder to find, or do you think there's abun- an abundance of it out there? You know, it is. There's a lot of, it seems like the same players are dialed into this when we bid against each other to get it. Right. And uh, I always try to be fair with the suppliers who I'm getting it from rather than come in with a lowball number just because we know what it's worth. We don't get greedy. We get it, move it onto the project at a fair number. But it is, it's becoming shorter. It's not a sustainable material. I mean, it's, it's hit or miss. You get a really a hot run with it and the timing is everything well so mm. that's interesting then are you actually bidding on the same material against other companies and so other vendors yes oh, that we all know i never, I never really thought yep, about so that so there's you know three or four players right and uh we're a lot of times on the same sites but some of this stuff is really knocking on doors and oh. you see something you stop in i've done that yeah it I've works done that. it yeah. works well, yeah. um, Neil has, air quotes, rescued granite before. Sure have. Proud of it. Yeah. Like from the side of the road? Of course. I mean. Potentially <laughs> like from he, someone's well, property? Like just I don't was, know. Like he was saying, this is going to end up in a crusher somewhere. It's going to end up in like a three-quarter inch crushed stone. I can't let that happen. No. A lot of effort went into that. It, or it gets buried and yeah, yeah. you're rescuing it and it lives on. Uh, my whole driveway's reclaimed. My wife thought I was crazy. She didn't know what I was doing. And uh, I just said, trust me. <laughs> there there you have it. It's there now. So 
Well, so, I was going to ask you um, about your family, whether or not they're kind of involved in it. Do they understand your passion for it? They do, because it's it was all over the yard for this project, <laughs> kind of in a little corner, um, which I just cleaned up. My kids love it. They, they're outside every day, and they like playing around. My, my two-year-old was out there with a dead blow hammer hitting the bricks nice. and putting it in, and my other son, Jack, was out there. My daughter just kind of hangs around, Olivia. She's 10. And, uh, you know, watches along. But they see the I, that I appreciate and I seek it out and I try to repurpose as much as possible. Geographically speaking, how far have you traveled or how far are you willing to travel to get something good? Well, it's really New England. And, um, and I have a, almost like a mini granite reclaimed army out there from Instagram that send me pictures. Nice. And uh, just out of the blue, they're like, hey, can you use this or you know someone that might want it and uh, that stretches as far as maybe New New York, New Jersey, uh, Pennsylvania. Um, Sometimes there's a fellow I know out in Ohio. Oh wow. Runs into a reclaimed brick. He took down a church. Oh cool. And he is a wealth of knowledge. I just enjoy talking to him. Mm. I mean he is He's a mason, so it's a whole different angle from what I do. I'm not a mason. I, I play one at home with my own <laughs> projects, and I enjoy doing it, but I'm certainly not a mason. But I, I, he took down a whole church, uh, limestone. That Care- was oh, that's very Carefully, cool. I imagine. Oh, well, kind of. To, to of, a degree? Some of it got smashed. Uh-huh. But I wouldn't, it's mainly within New England okay. um, that we find this stuff. So we're, we're talking granite, which is hot. That's a hot commodity, obviously. Always. Brick. Yep. I've seen bluestone curbing. On your feet, which is gorgeous. That actually is in New York. And uh, from another guy that I just keep in touch with. And they kind of, you know, they look out for you. And if the stuff pops up, they'll uh, give you a ring. And uh, that's from a uh, cemetery. They tore all the bluestone curb out and replaced it with concrete for some reason. Wow. The curb's totally fine, but. They didn't know what they they had. No, they didn't. And that's the nature, I think, a lot of this this material is um, people don't know what they have. Um, in, in a granite, in replacing a granite, where you'll take someone's old granite walkway and sell it, and that becomes someone's, you know, new patio. Not only that, the, like wall blocks in the city, they tore it there over by the yacht club. They tore down this old building, beautiful uh, wall block there. They were just going to trash, and they just needed someone to haul it out. A lot of cases, they're just looking for trucking. Okay, yeah. Oh, and right. remove yeah. it, and we pay for the trucking and get it off the hands because it's just a, it's in the way. Interesting. So it's kind of like fill. Like, people are always trying to get rid of fill. Oh, yeah. And they'll just oh. pay to get the, the trucking just to get it to get it out. So, right. so gosh. Would you say then, I mean, I, I still think it takes a certain kind of person to have an appreciation for this salvaged material. I mean, you have to be connected to your history in the past in some way. So do you think that you... Ha- do you think you first had an appreciation for the actual material or do you just have a love of history and historical items or did I it just all come together? Initially it was the material. And then as you read about it and visit places like the old quarries and realize how many, how they cut so many pavers during the wintertime, it, it blows your mind and how they used to send them on schooners down to Philadelphia, down to New York and just massive amounts. And if you go up there to the Johnson's Quarry where Kyle and Terry are, yeah. and if you take a walk around, if you go in the woods, they'll find boulders. And they used to just find a boulder. Somehow they had an eye for the boulder. 
they'd set up camp and cut cobbles out of it. Wow. Um, and there's still cobbles up there that never made it out of the woods. Wow. Which are beautiful. But um, initially, the, the allure of the look of the material is what drew, drew me in. And then reading up about it, it's just the efforts that went into quarry and, and that preservation. And it's just how it kind of built America. Yeah, in no some, kidding. In a lot of the main buildings and municipality buildings and everything, granite from around here. I mean, we are blessed with material around we here. We are blessed. True. And the fieldstone, the old fieldstone walls. It's always, it's interesting whenever I'm walking through the woods and I see these beautiful walls, they really inspire me. And I always think about the labor that went into those walls. Oh, yeah. Um, we, we live in Rehoboth, Mass, and it's just stony as hell here. In the the poor settlers that settled here and cleared this land and started tilling these fields every day, I mean, every year, was just, they were just, you know, churning up stone and throwing it to the side and then creating these pens and creating these boundary markers. And it's amazing to walk through our woodlands and see that and think about what used to be there. It's such a, a privilege to, to be from New England and just be surrounded by the stone stone walls that we have. Um, I mean, you know guys that are... are digging up stones to this day, right? Tilling, you're getting bulk field stone. Oh, yeah. Um, and a lot of people think it comes off walls, which to your point, it doesn't. I mean, they're pulling flats just out of the ground mm-hmm. here in Massachusetts. And, you know, they used to call them winter potatoes because in the frost would drive them up. And they got in the way, to your point, so they had to clear them. I mean, I guess the first stone walls were stumps after they clear-cut everything. Right. And then they kicked the stones off to the uh, perimeters. And, yeah, they're everywhere. I mean, I, I go out to California with my family every couple of years, and it's, I look around, and there's nothing like here. They're, no. The colors no. are different. Yep. The landscapes are different. The stone is completely different. And it's, I don't know anywhere else in the country that has this kind of variety. Yeah, within our region. From topography and elements of stone. Pudding mm-hmm. stone got deposited in certain areas in Boston. Here. There's some here. Mm-hmm. And it's just the way the glaciers ran right. that pushed all this stuff up. There's another place in Tiverton, Rhode Island, that is just a mishmash potpourri of all different stones. That's my hometown. Yeah. Yep. And there's a guy down there that I know that was clearing, he's clearing some land, and he brought me through there. And it's just amazing what you see. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of the stone structures are still standing down there too. And it's oh, interesting yeah. it's to beautiful. think too that these farmers walls that we're talking about that we see in the woods that we think are just drop dead gorgeous, they're not there because the farmers were trying to build something nice. No, the farmers were just trying to get the stone the hell out of their way. Exactly. And it's really interesting how stone has evolved throughout the years to actually start to become more of a status symbol mm-hmm. oh, in yeah. a way. I mean, that happened. You were reading in um, what's the book? I know you wanted to reference your book. I don't have that it you with don't me. Have I will. <laughs> we'll we'll get it up on the feed for sure because I want to give it to Justin. Um, I don't want to botch the name of it, but okay. yeah, no, for sure. Like to your point, they were they were um, initially throwing this stone off. To I the just side. have to say that was such a good lead into that I know, I don't book, book, and we talked about Should it. Should I go get the book? Um, no, don't get the book right, right. now. <laughs> we'll we'll was a good segue to the book. I know yeah, it's a great segue. <laughs> go get the book. All right. You have the book with you now? I have the best? book. Leave it up to me. And what is the book called and who is it by? This is Stone by Stone by Robert Thornson. Uh-huh. A magnificent history in New England's stone walls. Okay. So the reason I was starting to reference it is because we were just talking about the fact that Stonewall and the use of stone at some point, I think it was probably in the late 1800s or so, started to become more of a status symbol for mm-hmm. people. 
And I kind of think it's interesting how that holds true to a point even today. For sure. So the some of the farmers that were doing really well started to really use stone in a more decorative fashion at the front of their properties yeah. with their entry pillars and pillars, their walls. not sure. Yep. They became much more elaborate than... And deliberate. And deliberate, which is huge. I mean, that, that exists to this day. Yeah, rather England. than just like a dry stack windrow or something, you know, like right. just tossing them. There right. Was some, right. Some thought put into the, the, the process and design. Yep. Right. So and it's just interesting how the use of, a, of stone has evolved as our... Society has changed and has, how people, as people have gotten more leisure time and gained more wealth throughout history, this, the way we've used stone has also changed and evolved. It's just kind of a neat thing to think about. Absolutely. Are you from New England? Yes. Okay. Yep. I grew up on the North Shore. Okay. So you're, the, stone is, the stone is in your blood. It's in my blood. I used to look at it all the time fishing off uh, Gloucester and oh, it's beautiful coming out there. of Salem Harbor. It's everywhere up there. Absolutely. Yeah. It's everywhere. Um, this is an awesome fact from this book. 1872, the Department of Agriculture report on fences, what they call stone walls, estimated that there were approximately 240,000 miles of stone walls in New England, which is mind-boggling. It says that's longer than the U.S. coastline or even the distance of the moon at Perigee. The mass of stone used in those walls is greater than that from all the remaining ancient monuments put together. So that's a further distance from from here to the moon at the moon's furthest point from from away from us. Just in New England, right? And Amazing. I think the circumference of the globe is like twenty four thousand miles. This is ten times that oh. linear feet and stone walls. So when you talk about being from New England, there's just I've always felt like I just had this. I didn't realize that as a kid, like it just there was this deep appreciation in me because I'm running through the woods and I'm hopping and skipping over these beautiful stone walls, and um, you know now to be able to build with them is. I think there's that legacy. We're going back to that legacy, yeah. that legacy in labor, right? In vision, in, in stone. It's, it's something special for sure. So is there one thing in particular that sticks out to you that you thought, mm. this is an awesome find, and if I could, I'd keep it for myself? Well, like old millstones and things, the natural millstones, right. New England millstones, not the ones from China. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just, those, those mills used to be the centerpiece of the town. That's where that drove, they were, grind there, the food for the community, it was the place to be. And um, there's old ruins all through the woods around here of old grist mills. And I love finding millstones, to your point, uh, real New England millstones. They're harder to find. Yeah, that's yeah. excellent. I wouldn't have even, I guess I wouldn't have even thought about that. We've seen a lot of millstones imported from England. Yeah, um, England, China. I've used a couple from from England, from um, New England garden ornaments. Oh, yeah. They usually have some nice yeah, material, but nice stuff. I didn't really think about New England millstones for some reason. Well, we've seen them in Maine in our travels in oh, Maine. Oh, that's true. That's yeah. True. Yeah, for sale. They're on the front lawn or something. Yeah. You won't part with it. Yeah. And old well covers. Yes. Uh, yeah, those Well are awesome. covers and moorings, believe it or not. I read about this the other day. They To moor the ships, they would cut a stone, a big stone, about a 24-inch diameter circle out of it, then go find an oak tree to fit the stone, roots and all, thread it through the stone, about 20 feet so they could tie off the boat off the uh, off the oak tree. Wow. Oh, wow. Which I never knew about. It's, I just thought that's wild. But it, it works because the oak tree will stay underwater forever and preserves. You can hook up to it, the schooner or a sailboat. And that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So they used to pull them right out of the rockboard quarries. So but those get, are hard to find, too. 
I'm sure. I believe it. (laughs) But if you could get one of those pieces and get it in your garden, I mean, that just speaks to the history behind that piece. It's just, it just brings so much more significance to the space. That's what I love about that stuff. Absolutely. We talk about the 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 mills, the grist mills. That was the lifeblood of the town. Oh yeah, like you're saying, hardcore. That's where they're like you said, they're grinding the flour. That's their water source. I mean, literally the lifeblood. It's it's amazing, and we we love taking these old pieces and putting them in these gardens with fresh perspectives, focal points, and yeah. repurposing them. Yeah, I'm interested in your um, quoting process. Oh yeah. So are you finding so what we're typically doing? Um, is estimating our projects with our ideal stone choice. Yep, pie in the sky. Right. Yeah. And then we have these other elements that we implement that are less costly, um, and those might include a concrete paver. Yeah. And we try to educate our client as to the advantages of this, you know, awesome, beautiful natural stone um, compared to this paver, but. The reality is their budget is their budget. It's not ours. Oh, sure. And it's up to them to make that decision. Are you finding that you have to quote that way as well? No, I think that's more on your end okay. where you do like a good, better, best. And I, I totally understand pavers. I don't dislike them. They, they're, they make some great looking products. Mm-hmm. And back to your point, uh, budget wise, it might not be in the, in the plans. Right. So if you come in with like a, a natural cleft bluestone, for instance, and, you know, maybe three bucks higher, four bucks higher than what they can afford. Uh, you can go to a comparable alternate with a cleft surface in a paver format, which you can do like a three-piece that looks nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's less labor. That's, less that's, labor the, that's the kicker usually. It's the labor. I know we're like, I like cringe when I see that because I'm like, oh, no, I would never do that in my house. But to the consumer, they'd be like, you know what? This is awesome. Mm-hmm. And they love it. And a lot of those products have a face mix in them now that, you know, the staying power is much better than it used to be where you don't see that aggregate popping through mm-hmm. after two years. So although I'll say it's a nice that alternate. I, I'll say as the person who kind of deals intimately with this and with the clients, I think that all of our clients appreciate the natural stone. And I would say ninety nine percent of them would go natural stone if it's in their budget. Yeah. Mm. So the only reason we ever go to say the paver world is price point. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we get the majority of our work from our images, which is mostly natural stone mm-hmm. and that draws them in. And it's something that I'd like to make clear through this podcast is that for the guys and, and women out there that are building these projects and they're strictly pavers, there's a huge, um, you know, bundle of installers that people can get estimates from. Whereas the guys and girls that are doing the natural stone, there's less of us. That's true. So I think, I think there's less to compete against if that's part of your portfolio. Does that, that makes that makes total sense. Because you know, when you're starting out in the business, usually you start with pavers. Unless you've been under apprenticeship of someone maybe in high school or college where you worked with them and have a grasp on the natural stone. But usually that's the entry point, pavers. And uh, there's a huge pool to pull from with that. And it's a scary pool too at times because they come in and undercut the next guy, mm-hmm. but they're skimping on base. Right. And things like that, which sometimes 
consumer has been educated on and it's going to fail. But I'll say too, I mean, like anything, ultimately you do get what you pay for. True. So the contractors who are charging more most likely are doing better work. Yeah. And I also like to say, because again, to make it clear, we work with a full range of materials. And so what I always talk to the clients about is no matter where your budget lands, good design is good design. So you always start off with a great design. And then if you need to adjust based on budget, you go from there. If you start off with a mediocre design and you still have to deal with budget, you've really got nowhere to go but yeah, down. You're stuck, right? So good design is good design, regardless of the materials. And if you have to take it down a notch from your ideal material, then you just have to make everything work around that and still make everything work in harmony with itself. Yeah, and the goal is to get everyone outside. Exactly. Right, so exactly. that's priority number one in my Absolutely. world is to get people outside, off the screens. Off the screens. Enjoying their space. As soon as I get home, that's what I do. I, I pick up my little guy. He doesn't even go in the house. He goes right to the sandbox. I pull the other two out, and we this time of year, if it's been so nice, we, we I just let him go for an hour, hour and a half. And then before you know it, this yesterday it happened to me. Eight kids from the neighborhood show up. They're playing basketball. <laughs> my head's on a swivel. My daughter's got practice at five. I'm like, I gotta get these kids out of here in 50 minutes. So I can get. I can go to practice. Make sure no one's getting hurt. I looked over my two year olds putting sticks down the sewer by the street, and I gotta grab him. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And, uh, but I love it. That's what we did as kids. We played outside. Yes. yes. And we'd eat at 4:30, which is crazy now. But after we ate, we were back outside, just yes. bombing around, riding bikes, playing manhunt. Um, and yeah, less screen time, the better. Um, okay, so this is um, the very serious, controversial part of the podcast. Uh-oh. Oh, are you ready? I don't know if I'm ready for Are we going to piss people off? I don't know. We might. That's okay. But it's a real we podcast. were curious about your feelings on imported stone. Ah, you know, it's funny you say that because I shy away from it as an initial option. Um, I like to, and I know certain architects I work with don't go for it first. Um, I like things that support, I like local materials. That's another reason. Mm-hmm. It's local, low footprint. Uh, you're keeping local guys at work. Um, we have so many granite quarries around here. I, tr- I go for that first, but sometimes you get into a budget thing where you have to go to uh, granite paving either the you know, gray granite and ported gray or blue mist mm-hmm. just because that's what's specced and there's really no way out of it. But uh, it's not my first option. Right. Uh, so I have, because I have mixed feelings on it. Yeah. There's the part of me that wants to be the environmentalist in the work that I do. And there's the part of me that wants to be the designer in what I do. And so I think for the most part, I'm pretty good at merging those together. But there are times where I don't want to use bluestone again. You know, I've used it a lot. There are times when there's um, a material that might just work color-wise better with something else that's happening on the house, and it happens to not be a native stone. I know we did a project a few years ago where we were doing a pool patio, and the client really wanted a stone that was going to stay cool on her feet. I mean, that was the number one thing that she asked for. So we are, ended up using our, our Marmiro product, yep. actually one of their travertines. Yep. Um, it was beautiful. And they had some um, veneer on their house already that was pretty difficult to work with from just kind of a color perspective. Uh So it blended in beautifully. Now we ended up using a lot of um, stone from Swenson Granite, so local granite quarry. So 
I used a lot of native plantings. We used uh, New England Fieldstone for some of the wall work. So I think on that project, there was very much a balance there. But I didn't feel like in order to give them what they wanted, I could just stick with something that was from here and still be within their budget. True. True. Some, I mean, that's that happens sometimes. And uh, it looks great. It's just you wonder for the price points we get it from how these people are being yes. treated. Yeah. That's Especially yes. we were talking about cobblestones. That yes. It's crazy. They come over in a huge freighter and they're scooped out and then they're palletized here. But you see what the cost is on them and you're like, how, how are they making this? Exactly. What are they paying these people? Exactly. With? Versus our quarries where we have safety regulations. Right. And a lot of hoops these people have to jump through. Oh, yeah. To ensure that they're doing it as safe and environmentally, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, conscientious. Conscientious yeah, as possible, sounds, right? Sure. Well, where do you see the stone industry going from here? Do you think that there's a resurgence right now? Do you think it's just kind of holding steady in terms of the natural stone industry? It's It goes in trends. It's funny you say that because I remember things get hot. And there's trends because people see pictures and like, mm-hmm. I want that. Right. I get it all the time. I got this, my brother-in-law is doing a fireplace. He sent me this picture. I don't know where he got it, but he wants a granite, reclaimed granite surround. And I think Goshen's really hot right now. Yes. Yeah. Goshen beautiful. planking's getting, I've never used to see Goshen planking. It was always irregular. So where are you seeing that? Because <laughs> we've, <laughs> we've specced it out a few times. I've seen, I, I see it on plans and designs and pictures that come with the plans and, uh, Pictures on Instagram, local guys doing it. But, then, you know, it's labor intensive. you got to cut right. off. Yeah, they're, they're cutting it themselves. Yeah, they're cutting. Yeah, not they're at the cutting. quarry. Yeah, yeah. They'll get, you know, if you had the quarry cut, that's just risky because who knows it's going to fit your format when you get to the site and all that. It's better just to field cut it. Mm-hmm. But I'm seeing a lot of that. Um, the reclaimed is definitely past five, six, seven years has come to the forefront. Uh, yep. How long that can stay, I don't know because it's not – it's not off the shelf. You got to seek this stuff out and find it. Um, and and some of the municipalities are now holding on to it. Oh, they know. They know. They know. They got some goodness. So sometimes you got to sneak it out. They're like, I'm not supposed to sell this, but I, I, come get it. I'm like, all right. <laughs> so, but um, if it comes off a road job, it's supposed to go to the, you never know. But it's not, it's not as easy to find and there's a lot more competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, those two things I'm seeing a lot more of. The thin brick, cut thin brick is is gaining steam. Mud rooms, uh, backsplashes, things like that. But there's a lot of things you got to be careful with that too. You got to wonder where it's coming from because it could be contaminants. Oh right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there's also some guys cutting brick that's new brick, new new to look old that looks great. Mm. So mm. that's another thing I've seen that in mud rooms and, and things like that. Um, those three are the first things that come to mind. And then generally speaking, um, I always like to kind of find out from people in terms of the green industry, you know, as a whole, what do you see as its greatest weakness? The green industry. Yeah. I mean, I just think from not necessarily plants, but just uh, our business in general is, is I hear it all the time is help. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. nobody 100%. can find help it's they really need like people are stealing each other's help i hear stories about that all the time over a dollar an right hour when you know you see companies like yours who have people that have been on for a long time 
that make that's a huge statement to the people that are running the company um, that it's a great place to work. But then you just see this poaching going on with some other companies and things like that. And is this skilled help skilled? I mean, it'd be great to have a, a college or something where these people could go rather than, you know, turf grass management or, or agronomics and things like that, fertilizing, mm-hmm. like a school of rock masonry school. Right. Which would be a short-term under pros that would come in and do classes. I mean, right. I know there's been talk about it, but that'd be awesome. And, and to show, shake the stigma that, oh, you, you cut grass or you're the, the landscaper. Right. Uh, I'm sure people look down on me that, like, oh, this guy dude throws rocks around. He's must, you know. But we, we live comfortable lives. There's there's money to be made. Right. Um, and I think that puts a lot of pressure on kids that may want to get into the industry from the parents. Be like, what are you doing? You can't do that and make it a profitable living and supply you know, for your family where they're wrong. I mean, somehow that has to be opened up too as well. Um, and I think that's that's one of the biggest things that we're focused on right now. I mean, above and beyond our company we are really focused on elevating the industry. And I think everything that we put out into the world right now is just about that. It's about elevating the industry and letting people know that this industry is incredibly important to the world around it's them. It's very important. We have yep. so much ability to change things and affect things positively right in our own backyards if we just kind of take the time and seek out the people who can help us do that. Um, so even for us, this podcast, that's a huge component a huge goal is to just elevate everything so just like you said people know that this is a place you can go so when I went to school you know I worked in the television world too I had no idea that landscape architecture was uh, um, a program I didn't know it was a career I didn't know anything about the green I didn't industry either. I would have gone that way <laughs> exactly I would have as well had yeah. I known and so um, kind of going back to that to, to school and making that decision to change my life number one it was the best thing that I ever did but I, again, if I had known right from the beginning, and the funny thing is the school I went to had a program in landscape architecture. Oh, very right good there school, in front of you, yeah. Yeah, and, and that I had no idea about. So, you know, to think that had I known how my path would have been different, um, you know, it kind of boggles my mind sometimes. So I really want us to do everything we can to educate the public about what this industry has to offer, including a nice life. Are you going to be super wealthy? Maybe, and maybe not. Yeah, you never know. But how much? Right with clients, you never know. Right. But, right. Sure. You never know. But like, You'd be comfortable for sure. Yes. You know, it's, you earn it's it. about what you need, and right. exactly, you earn it. But that's part of what's so gratifying about this. So I was just going to say that, yeah, it's rewarding. Every structure you build. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, pollution control, oxygen with trees and plants. And, and yes. Flowers for the bees and all that stuff. It's all important. Right. Like all we talked important. about getting people outside. That's amazing. So if your kids wanted to get into it, what would you say to them? Would you? I think my daughter might. She does this stuff. She's got these, she does these TikToks and things, which is a different story, but <laughs> she does this. I might need, I might we need her going. to help us with our TikTok account. So we'll talk about yeah, that later. But she's, she's doing that now. She's got funky light going and, and, but she's designing spaces on these design programs right now, building houses with rooms and Cool. And she'll show me like a fire pit that she did. And the other day she said she wants to be a designer. So, and she's 10, but we'll see. Uh, hmm. I mean, I, I'd encourage it for sure. Well, I'd like to commend you on your Instagram account. Cause oh, it's this, you. it's, it's, 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, she's been. We got I've packed. been dying to use that. The applause. Button. There you go. Well, we got a packed house in here, and people can't see the audience, but it's just sold out for weeks. Uh, but seriously, it's 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 inspiring. It gets the juices flowing to know what's out there and what's possible. And I think it's what's really cool is you're bringing together this community of people that love and appreciate stone. So you have the people working the stone and the quarries, yeah, yeah. which is still being done. You mentioned um, Kyle. Kyle Rockport, yeah. Ro- what is it? Uh, is it Rockport Cut Granite on Instagram? Yes, yes. Amazing stuff. So you got the guys working the stone and the quarries. You have, you know, people working as masons. You, you're showing projects that are in the process of being built. Um, and the finished products, then the landscape architects, the designers, um, you're really pooling everyone together, and it's a community in and of itself. Um, and I just got to commend you for it. It's, um, it's, it's pretty cool. Oh, thank you. I mean, that's the point is to really, back to what you said about thermal bluestone, this monochromatic bluestone, which works. But I put this stuff out there for people to see that there's other options. Right. Right. And... There's so much more to choose from if, you know, your client wants that. Um, and that's, I find a lot of people that look at it will f- send me screenshots. Oh, they want this. I'm like, that's great. I mean, that's why we do it. And to give people ideas and give people credit for their work. And there's certain people doing things old school way. There's some artisans out there mm. hand cutting and engraving that I think people need to know about. Because uh, otherwise, these people are just doing this on the job site. No one else is seeing it, but it's an art. Mm. And uh, a lot of the stuff you do is an art. I mean, the, the walls are beautiful. Uh, the job I went to down, where was that? Rhode Island. Uh, I think the last one you were on was, was it North Attleboro? North Attleboro, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, just the way the string lines are, it's all on point. Oh, that job, yeah. And people need yeah. to see that. That's rather than Oh, that's Chipatchet. Yeah. Chipatchet, yeah. Yeah, and it's impressive. These things are squared up, and not everybody's doing that. Um, I've seen some horrible projects. Uh, there was one, they did a segmental wall against the sidewalk with a street right behind it. And the homeowner <laughs> sent these pictures. And it was just a hard show. You just hope people, another goal is it too, is just to hopefully connect people with good contractors so they don't get taken. Okay, so is that happening? People are DMing you yeah. for advice. Yeah, I'm happy to, happy to hook people up. with. Uh, Interesting. It's, I've hooked a lot of people up and I've gotten people more money for their job, one guy with stone walls gave me a number. I'm like, no, what are you doing? Don't bring that down. We need to right. keep it here. Right. True. Because exactly. this yeah. is quality work. Don't short yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. I put 15 more dollars on it for him. And I think he was afraid to ask for the money. I'm like, get what you're worth so you don't come back right. to us saying, I need a nickel off this to try to save face on this job. Right. When you sell it right the first time, and like how you do your designs, pie in the sky, and then you can do takeaways based off of pie in the sky rather than mm-hmm. middle of the road where you're like, oh, God, what do I take away from this? Right. But that goes back to elevating the industry. Elevate it, yeah. Get, charging. Get your worth. What, get your yes. worth. Charging you what it. you're worth. And that comes from the design as well because there's plenty of people out there I know aren't charging for design. There's free estimates everywhere, um, which doesn't fit what we do. Um, but you, you gotta, you gotta charge what you're worth. It's all worth something. I and mean, we put our heart and souls into this. Time. Right. A lot of just like editing. Yes. Mm. Yes. <laughs> that 30 minute segment you were talking about yep. takes hours, 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 music beds, graphics, yeah. cuts, all this, dissolves, whatnot. But, um, yeah, get what you're worth. I, I encourage everybody not to be afraid to get their price. Right. And that um, takes time. That, that comes yeah. with experience. Right. Right. 
for sure. Worst thing they can us- say is no. Yeah, it's right, still and right. it's still hard. It's you know we've been at this for fifteen years and it's still hard for me. I mean, I do the estimating and I present it. So, you know, I'll be working on an estimate for you know hours if it's a big project for oh, yeah. you know ten hours. And by the time I'm done and I'm adding up the numbers, I'm like, holy shit! And I still have to <laughs> keep going. And so I kind of am like. Oh my God. And then I have to present that as if it's no big deal. Right. And you wonder the what their reaction is going to be. <laughs> right. Yeah. Whether it'll be shell shocked or be like, right. you know what? That's not so bad. It's like, nice. Because yep. nobody ever knows what their budget is. No. Nobody knows what to expect for a landscape plan. And it, and obviously it depends on the complexity, but I tend to go in really with a very vague idea of where people are because nobody actually knows. And so that's why I've taken the approach I'm going to give you the best thing that I can give you, not overkill. You know, I'm not going to mm-hmm. give you some palatial design. It's going to be appropriate to your space and appropriate to what you and I have spoken about. But I'm going to give you the best design with the best materials and we'll go from there. That's the way to do it. Because they won't tell you your bud- their budget number because they don't know. Right. It's like I had to get a crown at the dentist. Like, well, it's going to be $800. I'm like, okay, well, what am I going to go shop a crown? Are right, you kidding? Right. I have no idea what a crown goes for. Just do it. And I guess that's it. I'm not going to think about it too long. But right. um, yeah, they're afraid to give budget numbers. Right. Because they don't know really what to, what the barometer is. On. Right. So right, right. it's a tough, some, you always ask and sometimes you'll get the number, but. All right. Well, this is awesome. I know that you have somewhere to be. We all have meetings today, job sites to get yeah, to. I have to, set, I have to go set boulders. That's fun. Mm. It can be. Not the way I'm doing it, though. Uh-oh. I have to go well, present we'll see photos, I'm in sure, in between walls. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll get it out there. That'll be great. This is awesome, man. I've been looking forward to this. I think this is um, podcast one of a few more for sure. Yeah, was, this is great. I mean, this is, like you said, it's innovating, elevating the industry, just get some real talk going on and with some real people that Definitely. are passionate about what they do. And Definitely. You know, I'm looking forward to seeing more guests and listening, and I've I'm, been a pleasure to be the first. Yay. That's awesome. So we'll see. What an honor we've bestowed upon and you. with that. Oh, applause. There it is. <laughs> <laughs>